Well, what about the martyr theory? Some people believe that Jesus' death was just like any other good man who died for what he believed in. Jesus' death, no different than if you tonight believed in something strong enough that you died for it. A good Christian death, a martyr's death. Well, why didn't Jesus say that about himself? Why didn't Paul say that about him? Why was this word used for no other Christians because many Christians died? Why was his death singled out and lifted up as the atonement, as having an effect on all men everywhere? Paul the apostle died, James died, John died, they all died. Many of them were crucified, did you know that? On the back page of your notes, I showed you three different types of crucifixions that were used in that day. It is said that one of the apostles refused to be crucified like Christ. Instead, was crucified upside down. Well, yes, Jesus was a good man, and yes, he died a death as he did, but to say that it was just an example is to ignore tons of Scripture. The moral example theory says that Christ's death has an influence upon mankind for moral improvement. His death ought to lift our hearts and help us reform and repent and be better people. So God grants pardon and forgiveness on the basis of repentance and reformation. All you got to do to be saved then is not believe in the atoning death of Jesus, but simply straighten up and start living right and start going to church. Now, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because you witness to some folks and they say, yeah, I know I ought to straighten up and live right and start going to church. And to them, that's salvation. But did you know what? That's missing out on the glorious regeneration, being born again, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's missing out on all the goodies. I'm going to be good. How many of you know you can't be good enough to be saved? You can't do it. And so, this theory falls by the way as well. Then there's the governmental theory, which is really intricate and stupid. It says that the benevolence of God requires that he should make an example of suffering in Christ in order to exhibit to man that sin is displeasing in his sight. God's government of the world necessitates that he show his wrath against sin. See, it has a little bit of an element of truth in it. Well, then why do we need an incarnation for the manifestation of that purpose? Why couldn't he just take any man and use him? Why send his son? You see, totally ignores the divinity of Christ and his purpose in making the atonement. Then there's the love of God theory. Jesus died to show men how much God loved them. And men ever after would know the feeling of the heart of God toward them. Yes, Jesus' death did show us the love of God. That is true. But did men need to know that God loved them? Didn't he tell them that repeatedly and demonstrate that in the Old Testament? Was there no men on earth that did not know that God loved them? I think that God didn't need to send his son Jesus Christ. John 3.16 Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 4.10 Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus' death was necessary to deal with sin, mister. 
Not just to show us the love. See what I told you? Remember what I told you? The sinfulness of man and the holiness of God. That's why Jesus' death is necessary. The sinfulness of man and the holiness of God. The two could not by any means be brought together than by the atoning death of Jesus Christ. And so these modernistic theories fall so very far short of the Scriptures and the Word of God. 